you're listening to Mysteries Beyond. What mysteries lie beyond the reach of our senses? And who are you in this vast multiverse? Welcome to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender. Some of you might already know that I was recently invited to be a guest on The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. On there, we talked about death, we talked about Santa Muerte, the Day of the Dead, Halloween, Samhain, and basically traditions from all over the world that have very similar meanings, all dealing with the underlying topic of death. And as I've mentioned before, death is still very much a taboo topic to talk about, even though dying is as natural as someone being born. However, Many of us have been conditioned to think and believe that death is something to be feared and is something evil, when in fact, it's not. It's simply part of the beautiful and great balance of life. You can't have one without the other. And during this time, the time of fall, autumn, the time when the sun continues to wane and our days become shorter, something in the atmosphere begins to change. And if you begin to pay attention and become aware of your surroundings, most of us, before we actually can witness it happening, will most likely sense it first. We will feel that change slowly approaching us. You might feel the temperature begin to drop, right? It starts to get a little bit more chilly outside. For some, it might be a change in your energy. You may notice your energy is decreasing. It's a time where many of us begin to slow down And if you begin to pay attention to your surroundings, a perfect opportunity to practice active meditation, by the way, you'll start to see leaves go from green to orange and red, fall off, and basically die. And so you're witnessing this cycle, this great balance between life and death. And it's presenting itself and unfolding right before your eyes. And with this change in nature and in the atmosphere, the veils between the land of the living and the spirit realm begin to thin. And because the veil is thin, perhaps those changes that we are sensing might be an interaction between our energetic fields, between us and spirits. 
and could be why some of us get that urge to want to get home before the sun sets. Maybe it's that innate sense of survival that has been passed down from our ancestors. An inner knowing that we should be home in our quote-unquote safe spot before the sun sets. Because this is a time where many of us, animals included, begin to prepare for the winter. Right? We just had our hunter's moon not so long ago, also known as the blood moon. And it's named hunter's moon because it's a time for hunting. Interesting fact, it's also a time where deers shed their antlers and begin to breed. They create new life that will eventually surpass the deadness of winter. But it's a time for hunting. It's a time to prepare for the winter and stock up on food. And I don't think we'd like to be anybody else's prey, right? So it could be that inner knowing to get home before you're hunted. But my point is that many different cultures throughout the world have traditions where they share that similarity, where they're not necessarily worshipping death. Rather, they're acknowledging these changes within us, in nature, and in the cosmos. And there is one specific tradition that was brought to my attention while I was talking to Ryan, and that is the Hungry Ghost Festival. The Hungry Ghost Festival is originally a Chinese tradition, of course now celebrated by many East Asian countries and many Taoist and many Buddhist, but essentially it's a tradition that is practiced to celebrate and honor the dead. It's a tradition where the celebration lasts approximately 15 days. It goes off based on the lunar calendar, so it starts on the 15th day of the 7th month of the lunar year, which usually tend to be sometime mid-August. And the rituals being done, I found, were somewhat similar to those of the Day of the Dead, in the sense that, for one, meals are made for them, them being the spirits, of course, and even plates are set for them at the dinner table. During this time, it is believed that the gates of hell and heaven are both open, allowing spirits to interact in the land of the living and to receive food and drink. Alright, so one thing I do want to point out, something to keep in mind, is that hell doesn't necessarily mean hell. Especially when looking at other cultures, we shouldn't necessarily interpret hell in the Christian sense of the word. What I mean by this is that when you hear the word hell, and you know it's not necessarily in the Christian context, think of hell as an underworld, or a sort of land of the dead. So with that being said, there is a story, or 
a legend of sorts associated to the Hungry Ghost Festival. The tale is about a Buddhist disciple named Mu Lian. Of course, through the course of time, this tale has had a couple of different versions, but essentially, it goes like this. Mu Lian was a disciple of Buddha who eventually became enlightened and reached the point of enlightenment and with it acquired miraculous powers. And according to the story, his parents had died early before this. And through his deva eyes, deva meaning a godlike divine being, he found his mother in the realm of a hungry ghost, where she had no food and looked skinny and malnourished, and was immediately filled with sorrow. So he used his miraculous powers to offer her a bowl of rice, but when she was about to eat it, the food suddenly changed to ash. Seeing how he couldn't help his mother, he immediately sought the help of Buddha. And Buddha pretty much told him that his mother was guilty of many sins when she was alive, and so she was destined to be a hungry ghost and suffer a lot. He told Mulian that he couldn't release her on his own with his own strength. If he wanted to release his mother from the realm of the hungry ghost, Mulian would have to offer the monks gifts and foods. On the 15th day of the seven lunar month, and his good deeds and his devotion is what will allow his mother to be released from the realm of the hungry ghost. So Mulian followed Buddha's instructions and was able to release his mother, and she was freed to be reincarnated. And over time, every 15th day of the seventh lunar month, every year, the ghost festival was formed. And this tradition consists of night feast, of preparing meals for them, burning incense, burning paper money, paper cars, paper clothing, paper everything. Traditionally made out of ceremonial joss paper, in a symbolic manner so that they would be absorbed by the spirits and they would be able to use them in the afterlife and cease to be hungry ghosts. Of course, it's important to note that when we talk about hungry ghosts, it's not so much in the literal sense. They're more of like restless spirits. Maybe they didn't receive a proper burial. Maybe they died suddenly and had some unfinished business here. Or it could be that maybe they were forgotten by their families. And so by honoring them, by remembering them, offering them food, and essentially attention, which is really what they can consume, right? Because attention is energy, and energy is their only form of currency. 
They will stop behaving mischievously. They will stop causing any misfortune and eventually become happy ghosts. And this is what I truly liked about this tradition. It's the acknowledgement that death isn't the end and the intention, right? The, the kindness in humanity. It's the kindness that they show to those spirits who they may not even know. Because unlike the Day of the Dead, where families have their specific loved ones who they are honoring and remembering, the Hungry Ghost Festival is meant for all spirits. And some of those festivities include performances, like opera shows that are put on specifically for the Hungry Ghost, and even the whole front row is left open for them. And as beautiful as that might be, here is where we get into some of those darker superstitions that are associated with the Hungry Ghost Festival. Number one on the list, do not be caught alone in the dark, as that is when you are more vulnerable and susceptible to a ghost attack. Don't pick up anything from the floor, whether it be money or something as simple as a flower. And don't disturb their offerings. If you by chance happen to do so by accident, you should offer an apology immediately. Otherwise, a spirit might get offended and follow you home. For that same reason, it is advised not to take the last bus. Don't whistle at night and don't take pictures at night. Because if you do, it can be interpreted as an invitation to them to associate with you. And lastly, do not engage in any water-related activities. In other words, don't go swimming. It is said that mischievous spirits and vengeful ghosts linger in the water, waiting to claim a victim to take back to their place in order to get a chance at reincarnation. Can't say you weren't warned. But let me know if you've ever celebrated the Hungry Ghost Festival, or if you've ever had any experience with spirits at all. You can reach me at lauralavender.mb at gmail.com, or you can friend me on Instagram at lauralavender.mb. And of course, that also applies if you have any questions, or if you have any feedback, or if there's simply anything else that you just feel like sharing with me. Don't forget to check out the website at www.mysteriesbeyond.com. If you scroll down towards the bottom, you'll see the button for the speak pipe. You can leave me a message, you can review it, decide if you like it, and if you do, you can submit it, and when I receive it, I can add it to a future episode where you'll be able to hear it. Which reminds me, a quick shout out to Kev, who has reached out to me by both email and SpeakPipe. And the only reason I didn't include the SpeakPipe message onto this episode was because I was unsure of whether or not you wanted me to do so, given the context and the voice message, but 
I'll have to get clarification from you, and if you give me the green light, then you will hear it on a future episode. Because I do believe that you asked a good question that maybe others might want to know. So shout out to Kev. And guys, thank you so much for listening to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender, and I'll see you guys next episode.